Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. To Him who lives eternally, they never cease from saying, Holy, holy is Yahweh. Hello, welcome to Walking in the Word. My name is Shel Wagner with Heart of the Tribes. And today we are reading uh, the Wisdom of Solomon, Hokmah Shalomo. We're going to be reading chapters 13 through 16. I am reading from the Sefer. Uh, I want to, this is the third edition. I want to say thank you to Dr. Stephen Pigeon of Sefer Publishing for giving us uh, the privilege of reading these books of the Bible uh, and making these recordings for you. Uh, you may get your own copy of a Sefer at www.sefer.net where the books and the app are both located. Alrighty. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get started with chapter 13. Surely vain are all men by nature who are ignorant of Elohim and could not out of the good things that are seen, know him that is. Neither by considering the works did they acknowledge the workmaster, but deemed either fire or wind or the swift air or the circle of the stars or the violent water or the lights of heaven to be the Elohim which governed the world, with whose beauty, if they delighted, took them to be Elohim. Let them know how much better Yahweh of them is. For the first author of beauty has created them. But if they were astonished at their power and virtue, let them understand by them how much mightier he is that made them. For by the, by the greatness and beauty of the creatures, proportionably the maker of them is seen. But yet for this, they are the less to be blamed, for they perchance err, seeking Elohim and desirous to find him, for being conversant in his works, they search him diligently and believe their sight, because the things are beautiful that are seen, howbeit neither are they to be pardoned, for if they were able to know so much that they could aim at the world, how did they not sooner found out, find out Yahweh thereof? But miserable are they, and in dead things is their hope, who call them Elohim, which are the works of men's hands, gold and silver to show art in, and resemblances of beast, or a stone good for nothing, the work of an ancient hand, now a carpenter that fells timber, after he has sawn down a tree, meet for the purpose, and taken off all the bark skillfully round about, and has wrought it handsomely, and made a vessel there a fit for the service of man's life. And after spending the refuse of his work to dress his meat, has filled himself, and taking the very refuse among those which served to no use, being a crooked piece of wood, 
and full of knots, has carved it diligently when he had nothing else to do, and formed it by the skill of his understanding and fashioned it to the image of a man, or made it like some vile beast, laying it over with vermilion, and with paint coloring it red and covering every spot therein. And when he had made a convenient room for it, set it in a wall, and made it fast with iron, for he provided for it that it might not fall, knowing that it was unable to help itself, for it is an image and has need of help. Then makes he prayer for his goods, for his woman and children, and is not ashamed to speak to that which has no life. For health, he calls upon that which is weak. For life, praise to that which is dead. For aid, humbly beseeches that which has least means to help. And for a good journey, he asks of that which cannot set a foot forward. And for gaining and getting, and for good success of his hands, ask humbly to do of him that is most unable to do anything. Chapter 14. Again, one preparing himself to sail and about to pass through the raging waves calls upon a piece of wood more rotten than the vessel that carries him. For truly desire of gain devised that and the workman built it by his skill. But your providence, O Father, governs it, for you have made a way in the sea and a safe path in the waves, showing that you can save from all danger. Yea, though a man went to sea without art, nevertheless, you would not that the works of your wisdom should be idle, and therefore do men commit their lives to a small piece of wood. And passing the rough sea in a weak vessel are saved. For in the old time also, when the proud giants perished, the hope of the world governed by your hand escaped in a weak vessel and left to all ages a seed of generation. For blessed is the wood whereby righteousness comes, but that which is made with hands is cursed as well it as he that made it, he because he made it, and it because being corruptible, it was called Elohim. For the wicked and his wickedness are both alike hateful unto Elohim, for that which is made shall be punished together with him that made it. Therefore, even upon the idols of the other nations shall there be a visitation because in the creature of Elohim, they are become an abomination and stumbling blocks to the souls of men and a snare to the feet of the unwise. For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication and the invention of them, the corruption of life. For neither were they from the beginning, neither shall they be forever. For by the vain glory of men, they entered into the world and therefore shall they come shortly to an end. For a father 
afflicted with untimely mourning, when he has made an image of his child soon taken away, now honored him as an Elohim, which was then a dead man, and delivered to those that were under him ceremonies and sacrifices. Thus in the process of time, a wicked custom grown strong was kept as a law, and graven images were worshipped by the commandments of kings whom men could not honor in presence because they dwelt far off. They took the counterfeit of his visage from far and made an express image of a king whom they honored to the end that by this, their forwardness, they might flatter him that was absent as if he were present. Also the singular diligence of the artificer did help to set forward the ignorant to more superstition, for he perchance willing to please one in authority, forced all his skill to make the resemblance of the best fashion. And so the multitude allured by the grace of the work took him now for an Elohim, which a little before was but honored. And this was an occasion to deceive the world. For men serving either calamity or tyranny, did ascribe unto stones and stocks the incommunicable name. Moreover, this was not enough for them that they erred in the knowledge of Elohim, but whereas they lived in the great war of ignorance, their so great plagues called they peace. For while they slew their children in sacrifices or used secret ceremonies or made revelings of strange rites, they kept neither lives nor marriages any longer undefiled. But either one slew another traitorously or grieved him by breaking wedlock, so that there reigned in all men without exception blood, manslaughter, theft, and dissimulation, corruption, unfaithfulness, tumults, perjury, disquieting of good men, forgetfulness of good turns, defiling of souls, changing of kind, disorder in marriages, breaking wedlock, and shameless uncleanness. For the worshiping of idols not to be named is the beginning, the cause, and the end of all evil. For either they are mad when they be merry, or prophesy lies, or live unjustly, or else lightly forswear themselves. For so much so as their trust is in idols, which have no life, though they swear falsely, yet they look not to be hurt. How be it, for both causes shall they be justly punished, both because they thought not well of Elohim, giving heed unto idols, and also unjustly swore in deceit, despising holiness, for it is not the power of them by whom they swear, but it is the just vengeance of sinners that punishes always the offense of the wicked. Chapter 15. 
But you, O Elohim, are gracious and true, long-suffering and in mercy ordering all things. For if we sin, we are yours, knowing your power. But we will not sin, knowing that we are counted yours. For to know you is perfect righteousness. Yea, to know your power is the root of immortality. For neither did the mischievous invention of men deceive us, nor an image spotted with diverse colors, the painter's fruitless labor, the sight whereof entices fools to lust after it. And so they desire the form of a dead image that has no breath. Both they that make them, they that desire them, and they that worship them are lovers of evil things and are worthy to have such things to trust upon. For the potter, tempering soft earth, fashions every vessel with much labor for our service. Yea, of the same clay, he makes both the vessels that serve for clean uses and likewise also all such as serve to the contrary. But what is the use of either sort? The potter himself is the judge. And employing his labors lewdly, he makes a vain Elohim of the same clay, even he which a little before was made of earth himself, and within a little while after returns to the same. Out when his life which was lent him shall be demanded. Notwithstanding his care is, not that he shall have much labor, nor that his life is short, but strives to excel goldsmiths and silversmiths and endeavors to do like the workers in brass and counts it his glory to make counterfeit things. His heart is ashes. His hope is more vile than earth and his life of less value than clay. For as much as he knew not his maker and him that inspired into him an active soul and breathed in a living ruach, but they counted our life a pastime and our time here a market for gain. For say they, we must be getting every way, though it be by evil means. For this man that of earthly matter makes brittle vessels and graven images knows himself to offend above all others. And all the enemies of your people that hold them in subjection are most foolish and are more miserable than very babes. For they counted all the idols of the heathen to be Elohim, which neither have the use of eyes to see, nor noses to draw breath, nor ears to hear, nor fingers of hands to handle. And as for their feet, they are slow to go. For man made them, and he that borrowed his own ruach fashion them, but no man can make an Elohim like unto himself. For being mortal, he works a dead thing with wicked hands, for he himself is better than the things which he worships, whereas he lived once, but they never. Yea, they worship those beasts also that are most hateful for being compared together. Some are worse than others. Neither are they beautiful so much as to be desired in respect of beast, but they went without the praise of Elohim and his blessing. Chapter 16. 
Therefore, by the like were they punished worthily, and by the multitude of beasts tormented, instead of which punishment, dealing graciously with your own people, you prepared for them meat of a strange taste, even quails to stir up their appetite to the end that they, desiring food, might for the ugly side of the beast sent among them loathe even that which they must needs desire. But these suffering penury for a short space might be made partakers of a strange taste. For it was requisite that upon them exercising tyranny should come penury, which they could not avoid. But to these it should only be showed how their enemies were tormented. For when the horrible fierceness of beasts came upon these and they perished with the stings of crooked serpents, your wrath endured not forever. But they were troubled for a small season that they might be admonished, having a sign of Yeshua to put them in remembrance of the commandment of your Torah. For he that turned himself toward it was not saved by the thing he saw, but by you that are the savior of all. And in this, you made your enemies confess that it is you who deliver from all evil. For them, the bitings of grasshoppers and flies killed. Neither was there found any remedy for their life, for they were worthy to be punished by such. But your sons not the very teeth of venomous dragons overcame. For your mercy was ever by them and healed them. For they were pricked that they should remember your words and were quickly saved, that not falling into deep forgetfulness, they might be continually mindful of your goodness. For it was neither herb nor mollifying plaster that restored them to health, but your word, O Yahweh, which heals all things. For you have power of life and death. You lead to the gates of Sheol and bring up again. A man indeed kills through his malice, and the Ruach, when it is gone forth, returns not. Neither the soul received up comes again, but it is not possible to escape your hand. For the wicked that denied to know you were scourged by the strength of your arm with strange rains, hails, and showers were they persecuted that they could not avoid and through fire they were, were they consumed. For which is most to be wondered at, the fire had more force than the water that quenches all things, for the world fights for the righteous. For some time the flame was mitigated, that it might not burn up the beasts that were sent against the wicked, but themselves might see and perceive that they were persecuted with the judgment of Elohim. At another time it burns even in the midst of water above the power of fire, that it might destroy the fruits of an unjust land." Instead, whereof you fed your own people with angels' food and did send them from heaven bread prepared without their labor, able to content every man's delight, 
and agreeing to every taste for your sustenance declared your sweetness unto your children and serving to the appetite of the eater tempered itself to every man's liking. But snow and ice endured the fire and melted not that they might know that the fire burning in the hail and sparkling in the rain did destroy the fruits of the enemies. But this again did even forget his own strength, that the righteous might be nourished. For the creature that serves you, who are the maker, increases his strength against the unrighteous for their punishment and abates his strength for the benefit of such as put their trust in you. Therefore, even then was it altered into all fashions and was obedient to your grace that nourishes all things according to the desire of them that had need. That your children, O Yahweh, whom you love, might know that it is not the growing of fruits that nourishes man, but that it is your word which preserves them that put their trust in you. For that which was not destroyed of the fire, being warmed with a little sunbeam, soon melted away, that it might be known that we must prevent the sun to give you thanks, and at the day spring pray unto you. For the hope of the unthankful shall melt away as the winter's hoar frost, and shall run away as unprofitable water. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, section of this reading. And when I come back, we'll begin on chapter 17. And if you heard snoring in the background, that's my puppy. So just excuse it and ignore it. She's sleeping while I read. <laughs> All right. Blessings to you and shalom. Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. To Him who lives eternally, they never cease from saying, Holy, holy is Yahweh.